Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, I know we are fast approaching one of your favorite holidays. Thanksgiving is this week. It, it is. And, uh, you, you know, this being the weekend before Thanksgiving, I mean, I guess that it, it's uh, one of the nicest things about this time of year is that unlike Christmas. I guess there are a lot of folks who are already out there Christmas shopping and things like that. I just don't do that this early. Uh, <laughs> so for me, uh, I do have to um, make pies this weekend for next, you know, for Thursday. Um, so that's on my list. Okay. And of course, most people have far more to do as it relates to food preparation. But the nice thing about Thanksgiving is that it's all about food preparation that's and right. being together. And so, and of course, you actually had a pre-Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. I, I know you went home to see family. That's um, right. And uh, of course, it's a, a little less expensive to go uh, to fly <laughs> uh, and to stay uh, uh, prior to the holiday weekends because, you know, as we all know, the hotels and the airlines get more expensive oh, and yeah. crowded and it's more difficult and all that. That's the bad part about uh, holidays but but it is so nice to be able to get together uh, with families and it's something that we traditionally do in our home and I hope that everyone has a place to go and a place to be to see others that they love and should be with uh, although I know that there will be some folks out there that uh, don't have that same opportunity but um I, I, and I do want to, in advance, wish everyone a wonderful Thanksgiving next week and hope they have safe travels and just a wonderful time being with family. Now, with that said, um, I would be remiss if I did not say that for those who are visiting uh, parents or older relatives or older loved ones, uh, and, uh, then uh, this is a time of year where you actually have an advantage when you're traveling because that is where I um, can say uh, safely that you probably don't get to see your loved ones on a daily basis. Maybe, and I know for you, you have to travel to Florida, right. and so it might be twice a year, maybe three times if you're lucky, but probably no more than twice a year that you see loved ones. Um, well, fact is, you have an advantage in terms of what you see over those who are there all the time. You know, because when we're with people all the time, it's real easy to miss the changes, the subtle changes, because we don't really see it as significant. You know, it just sort of goes unnoticed. But it, there can be unusual or slight personality or behavior changes. And, you know, if you see somebody on a regular basis, that's the kind of thing that you normally miss. But if you only see them once or twice a year, it's highly likely that you could notice these changes because it to you is there's a significant difference from the time before when you saw your loved one well you know that's a real advantage that you need to to take advantage of and so it's the kind of thing where 
you hope your loved ones never have problems, but as we age, we we never get better. We always get worse. <laughs> so it's, it's like, okay, what do we do? So, okay, what are the warning signs? What are the things that you should actually be on the lookout for? And don't misunderstand where I'm coming from. This is not your invitation to intervene. This is your invitation to observe and to be supportive and to uh, at least acknowledge your observations um, so that uh, you might end up with a better outcome because of that. So uh, what what are the warning signs? Well, uh, an early warning sign is just forgetfulness. And, you know, um, you know, we all have what we call senior moments where you just forget a word or a person's name that you've known forever. And it's like, what's going on with my mind? I'm forgetting this name or I'm forgetting this word. And I know this. And truthfully, that is troublesome. Now, most of us, because I, I can say I have those moments too. I mean, all, and it's a natural part of growing older. It's not unusual. It's not, doesn't mean we're, we're getting Alzheimer's or dementia. It simply means that we're getting older and better. <laughs> but sometimes the forgetfulness does go into a different category, but just the fact that we're, but how forgetful are we? How often does it happen? Uh, and what is it that we are forgetting? Uh, and it's the kind of thing where, uh, to the degree that it happens occasionally, where we forget a name or we have that senior moment, that's no cause for alarm unless or until it gets worse. And, of course, as seniors, we certainly don't want to admit that we're having those things. I mean, yeah, we'll admit we're having a senior moment at time from time to time. But in terms of what's going on in our mind, we're not going to go out and say, oh, I'm actually worried about the fact that I'm forgetting things I shouldn't be forgetting. Um, so that but – it, but it is a warning sign. So that's, that's one of the most important ones. Well – Another one would be that that's similar, not the same, is confusion. You know, it could be confusion over directions, could be confusion over how to do things or things that they've normally not had any issues with, or confusion over who's whom. Uh, it could be a lot of different things. Um, other things that you can observe would be a neglect of appearance, physical appearance, dress, those kinds of things. Or it could be basic hygiene kind of issues. It's like, hmm, what's, what's going on? This is doesn't smell right, <laughs> you know, if you will. Um, it could be neglect of medical needs um, where you know about it. Or it might be... Uh, for forgetting to take medications or not doing the things that you're supposed to do or that you would normally regularly do, um, you're just putting them off, not actually taking care of taking care of business, if you will. Um, now, 
when people start having trouble with routine chores or tasks uh, that they've always done, that's something to take note of. Um, you know, it, it may be difficulty dressing, difficulty stooping down or sweeping or or uh, whatever it is that folks have always done, and now they're having difficulty with it. That's that's an important thing to, to see. Um it may be that bills are going unpaid. That you know, the, it, the fact that um, folks are not keeping—they're being confused about whether they've paid their bills, not paid their bills. They're—they're they're getting past due notices, um, things like that. Uh, or it could be being unsteady on their feet, uh, clumsiness, uh, or the fact that they've had a fall or two recently. That. Um, and they're having difficulty, you know. Um, and this is very common among among seniors. Nobody wants to admit that they need a cane. Even when they're unsteady, they they want to hold on to things and not use a cane because once they start using a cane, it's like, okay, I'm admitting to the world that I'm unsteady on my feet and I need I need help. And so we, we put it off. That's not a good thing. And then the next stage beyond using a cane, we have the same problem in terms of that psychological barrier of using a walker. And, and the truth is that seniors, that the risk of falling is really dangerous to seniors now, a young person can fall down and they're embarrassed. You know, they trip over a step or whatever, but and maybe they break something. But truthfully, it's not overly dangerous. Uh, I mean, falls can, you know, be bad for anybody. But for, for seniors, it is particularly dangerous because seniors tend to have more brittle bones. You know, they can fall and break a hip. That that's, could be huge. And, and the worst fall of all might be a one that's taken in the shower when you fall back and hit the back of your head. And it's amazing to me because I've seen it. I've seen it in my practice. I've seen it in my own family where a, a fall where the back of the head is hit, and I don't know the medical reason for it. I just know that uh, what I have observed personally is that oftentimes that kind of fall can result in a major shift in a person's medical uh, needs, and then they go downhill very quickly following a, a bad fall. So it's the kind of thing, anything you can do to encourage a person who has any kind of unsteadiness to use a cane or, if necessary, a walker, that's huge. I, I can't get over that. Um, what are some of the others quickly? I know you're pushing me to take a break, but wearing inappropriate clothing based on the weather, you know, that, that could be a sign of confusion, could be a sign of stupidity, <laughs> be a, sign of a lot of things, but we all have done it in the past. But, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's just another sign. Um, if a person is having trouble answering simple questions or, you know, again, that sort of goes towards confusion or senioritis or whatever. But obviously, if they can't respond to simple questions, that's a bad sign. Uh, or 
and of course, this is sort of an obvious one, but if somebody asks the same question that you've already answered, or they repeat something to you two or three times over a a fairly short period of time, like they hadn't told you about it before, and they don't realize that, you know, yeah, you've already told me that twice. Uh, that, of course, is a pretty bad sign, too. And oftentimes, people won't notice those. So I, I just wanted to bring up some things that we, as family members, as people who care about and love uh, our family, things that we should be looking for. And again, it's not a charge for you to intervene, that could be a very negative thing on your part. It needs to be a very positive support that is being given, but the observations are very, very important. They are key, and as you said, that approach that you take with the next step is so key to avoid a confrontation as opposed to a caring and loving situation. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, last Saturday I was I was giving you the hurry up. We had to get out of here, and you were on a roll talking about 401ks and IRAs, something that uh, pretty much everyone can identify with. And I know you wanted to spend some more time on that subject, so um, I'm, I'm benevolently, benevolently letting you do Thank that today. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. You're very kind. But the bottom line is I, I had to give it short shrift because I just didn't have time to really get into some of the details because it's really important for folks to understand retirement accounts and the fact that they can be very, very different in how they're treated depending on what your needs are in terms of using your retirement accounts. Now, uh, the retirement accounts that I'm talking about, truthfully, uh, are basically the differences between an IRA, an individual retirement account, and a 401k, um, which is an employer plan. Now you can also have IRA employer plans, but again, there you know I don't want to get into the weeds as it relates to that. But there's some significant differences between a 401k plan, which is based on ERISA, which is a federal law, and individual retirement accounts, which are not ERISA-based plans, and so the rules can be very, very different. Although they're similar, and that's why people get confused now. For either plan, when you turn 59 and a half, you can take withdrawals from your from either an IRA or a 401k and have and you will only pay regular ordinary income tax on those withdrawals. <clears throat> the problem is that if you take a withdrawal prior, to 59 and a half for the wrong reason or from the wrong plan, you can have a 10% penalty on top of the ordinary income tax that uh, you must pay. Uh, and so if you're taking a withdrawal after 59 and a half, 
then you don't have to worry about the 10% penalty. And that that is any and every retirement plan out there. And between 59 and a half and 70 and a half, that's where you can take withdrawals and only pay the income tax on the withdrawal, but you don't have to take any any amount of money. Now, with an IRA, you at, when you turn 70 and a half, then from that point on for the rest of your life, every year, you have required minimum distributions. Now, for most people, that is also true for 401k plans. However, there's an exception for 401ks. If you're still employed by your employer who has the 401k, you don't have any required minimum distributions even though you're 70 and a half. So if you work until you're 72, then you don't have required minimum distributions until the year you retire. Um, but that's really the exception because most of us retire before that time. And so you're, you're, once you retire, you have required minimum distributions no matter what. And if you have an IRA, it's when you turn 70 and a half. So how do you get stuck with that 10% penalty? Well, for instance, let's say that you get fired and you're 56 years of age and so you're not 59 and a half, and you have retirement plans that you need to live on, okay? This is where it gets confusing. Now, if you take um, withdrawals from your 401k plan and you're over 55 but under 59 and a half, and you need those for living expenses, and you're taking it from your 401k, you don't have the 10% penalty. Now, you have to be at least 55 for that to be the case. There's also an exception there where you can actually do an annuity where you take the full, the same amount each month, uh, and that takes away the penalty as well. You still have the income tax, but no penalty. Now, you can't take living expenses from an IRA before 59 and a half. It doesn't matter whether you're 55 or not. If it's from an IRA and you take it out for living expenses, you will, in fact, have a 10% penalty. So that's one that people need to know about. How about... If you want to take a loan, well, uh, there and th- this varies from one plan to another, but with a 401k, there are some 401k plans that allow you uh, to take a loan against it. And this is before you're 59 and a half. You're not taking a distribution, you're taking a loan. Well, if your 401k plan allows for loans, then you normally can get a low-interest loan and pay it back, and there's no penalty on – there's no income tax because it's a loan. It's not a distribution, and there's no penalty because it's from a 401k. Now, try that from an IRA. You're going to blow the whole thing. Uh, A loan – is, is prohibited out of an IRA, so it will be treated as a distribution 
and you'll get a 10% penalty, and they will probably close the IRA account to boot. And then you get a, a you, you know, the, your only possibility at that point would be to roll it over into another IRA plan within 60 days. Uh, and otherwise, you get a full distribution and you get a full 10% penalty and full income tax on all of it. Not good. <laughs> okay. Um so borrowing is an issue that you can only do it out of a 401k plan that actually allows you uh, to do it. Um, now, as uh, what about uh, home buyers? You know, a first-time home buyers, uh, there is um, uh, um, uh, there is an exception. Um, for that. So the question is, can you do it out of an IRA uh, for uh, a, a home buyer? And, and, or can you do it out of a 401k plan? Um, actually, it's the reverse this time. In other words, you can actually take a distribution from your individual retirement account as a home buyer. Without the ten percent penalty, you'll still owe the income tax. It's you know it's not free money, but you don't have the ten percent penalty. You cannot do that from a four hundred one k plan. Uh, in other words, you would get if you did the same thing, took a distribution from a four hundred one k to buy a home, you would get the ten percent penalty. So obviously, if you are trying to take a distribution to buy a home and you have a four hundred one k plan. There's a solution. What is it? You, ta you take the money out of your 401k that you need and roll it into an IRA. And then you take the distribution from the IRA for purchasing the home, and there's no 10% penalty. So sometimes you – now, you, what you can't do is roll money from an IRA into a 401k in terms of where the better deals with the 401k. You can't – you can't roll it the other way, but in terms of uh, being able to roll it from a 401k to an IRA, you can always uh, do that. Uh, <clears throat> now, the, the, there is um, – you have the same situation. Sometimes people want to take a distribution from a retirement plan for educational expenses. That's the another exception uh, – uh, 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 thing. And, and again, the better deal is from the IRA because you can take a distribution for an educational expense from an IRA without incurring the 10% penalty. Um, but guess what? If you do it from a 401k for educational expense, you do get the 10% penalty. So the, the key for folks to remember, if they don't remember anything else we said today as it relates to IRAs and 401ks, if they're trying to take an early distribution, they need to make sure that they review the rules as to whether they can avoid the 10% penalty when they take that any kind of distribution before age 59 and a half. And, of course, once you reach 59 and a half, you don't have to worry about the 10% penalty. It doesn't exist uh, for any kind of retirement plan after 59 and a half. So it's only those distributions prior to that age that you have to worry about it. But knowing 
where your penalties can come from, whether it comes from an IRA or 401k, depending on what you want to use the money for, it's really, really important. There's many landmines, and as you said, it's important to know which uh, retirement account can do what. So knowing those options for you is key. We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we've talked about a number of things so far, Bill, including Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, it's it's just a wonderful week that we have ahead. It's uh, a nice short week for most people. And then there's some shopping involved and we, we make our way into the Christmas season. No question about it. And, of course, Thanksgiving uh, is both. I mean, because... You know, that's what Black Friday is all about, I think, is you know, Christmas shopping. But, and you know, I, I would say enjoy Thursday. Enjoy the being with family and don't get, you know, it's like, yeah, you can watch those wonderful Hallmark Christmas mu- uh, movies and all that good stuff. But And, of course, for those of us who like football, it's a wonderful day for that, too. <laughs> But, you know, uh, for a lot of us uh, who enjoy our Thanksgiving meal, you know, there's, there's something that a lot of us fall into, um, whether we want to or not. You know what that is? What's that? A good snooze. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and I would encourage all of us to take a good nap after our Thanksgiving meal. And what's really interesting to me, uh, and, you know, if you're not a – do you know what a power nap is? I do. It's a shorter nap, right? Well, it's basically you might be working and you just basically close your door, turn off everything, you know, do not disturb on your door, and you take a 10- or 15-minute nap. That's a power nap. And, of course, uh, the seniors who are retired and at home, they don't have to close the door and put the sign on the door. Well, maybe maybe they do because seniors tend to be very active with lots and lots of interruptions. But uh, – and, and that's uh, that's a shame. If and of course, if everything is quiet and wonderful, and you just feel at peace, that's when the telephone rings with some scam call. You know, <laughs> that it's just the way it is. But but what I would say is what a lot of folks don't realize is that a good nap is actually good for you, and it's a healthy thing to do. You know, so when. When your doctor tells you to uh, eat right and exercise, they should also add take a nap. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily be, have to be a nap every day. Well, of course, Thanksgiving is required. But, um, but what's really interesting, uh, there are studies uh, where uh, to the degree that you take a nap once or twice a week at least – do you know that the risk of heart attack or a stroke improves by 48%? That's In amazing. In other words, you're 48% less likely to have a heart attack or stroke 
if you nap two or three times a week. That, to me, is cool. I mean, that's good health information to know because none of us are against napping. No. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not. When when when, the, when folks want to change our diet, yeah, we can get our you know our hair can stand up on on some of that stuff, or exercise is even worse. But at the same time, napping is something that I think all of us can appreciate. And you know, for better health, yes, we'll nap. So I just wanted to make sure folks were aware of all those uh, benefits. Now, going into the negative side of Thanksgiving and all that wonderful food. Uh, Healthier choices in what you eat uh, can can be important, uh, and not to. I mean, it's obviously a day that we're going to overindulge in the wonderful food that's prepared, and I'm a believer in that. But then we have to make up for it. But but uh, one of the things that is interesting, and and there was an article uh, recently about um, the health effects, negative health of effects um, uh, of um, something that that we know about but we don't necessarily um, uh, appreciate um, uh, uh, appreciate it now uh, what I'm what I'm really talking about uh, has to do uh, with inflammation you know and that, in terms of reducing inflammation in this study, is that it's a cure-all. It basically, if you can reduce inflammation in your body, which is a natural thing, it will reduce your uh, all of the negative health effects for just about everything. And so it's something that we need to pay attention to, uh, not on Thanksgiving Day necessarily, <laughs> but... But it's the kind of thing of what are those things that we can do to reduce inflammation in our bodies uh, other than just take a pill, which isn't normally going to work very well anyway. But although it's pretty amazing when you think about um, what it does. And, And, of course, inflammation in your body is a natural thing. You know, if you get sick, you're... It's the way your body fights the infection and and things like that. So, um, or if you cut yourself, you know, it's it's you're going to see the inflammation. Um, but in terms of inflammation, can occur in terms of what you eat, too much salt intake. You know, there's a lot of of things uh, like that that ap- absolutely. Um, uh, can make a difference. And and food is a big piece of it in terms of what foods to avoid, better foods uh, to eat, things like that. And so on the bad side, you have things like white bread. On the good side, you have whole grain breads. On the bad side, you have anything fried, you know, things that we love. <laughs> the good stuff. On the good side, fruit bowls. <laughs> you know, duh. <laughs> uh, but... You know, then you can get things like bad attitudes, you know, stress, that's bad for you. You know, on the other side, yoga, prayer, um, mindfulness, if you will, and and um, those are all actually very good uh, for us as humans. Um, 
yogurts on the good side, puddings on the bad side. You know, there's uh, you have belly fat that's very bad for us, whereas there are such things as healthy fats. Uh, so you know, push more on one side and less on the other. Uh, obviously, salads can be very, very good for us, but the the wonderful dressings that we like to throw all over our salads, that typically is bad for us. So if we can find a different kind of salad dressing that doesn't have all that fat in it, uh, that's that's a good thing. So, But it has, all of these things have to do with inflammation, and, and, and there's some simple ways that we can reduce that, and that helps our our health. Health is good. You know, I have talked to some degree about a diet that I've been on um, called Eat Right for Your Blood Type. And it blows my mind that there's so many people out there that have no clue what their blood type is. But the the book has been out for a long time. And I just had my physical recently, and I was just shocked at how good all my blood numbers were in terms of, you know, I I was... far healthier since I've been on this diet for several months and it's an easy diet to follow and I you know I'm generally not one that goes out on a limb and says you really need to to look at this but I would say it's one worth looking at for folks Uh, the author is a medical doctor his last name is Diamato and like I said it's a book that's been out for a long time but I've I have been amazed at uh at the the fact that my own health has improved significantly and the only thing that's changed in my life has been that diet because you know I don't exercise enough I'll be the first to admit it but it's it's really been good for me so I would I would say for a lot of folks it's worth checking out yeah and I you, I've heard you talk about it before and it's just it's a series of modifications rather than you know some big grand scheme of dramatically altering your diet so mm-hmm. again it's it's the small little changes that you can make these small little choices that over time will have a big impact on your health we've got to take a quick break but we'll be back with more you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander on news radio 680 wptf Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind you if you want to find more about Bill and what he does, you can go to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That is Bill's website. From there, you can find plenty of information about Bill, his practice areas. You can also register for December's free seminars. You can catch up on his Asset Protection Today podcast. He does a wonderful job with that. It's short little segments, kind of like we hear on this show, but broken up. And you can get a new one each week from Bill. You can also, uh, you have several blogs on there, Bill. I know you're constantly updating your blog with topics that are relevant to asset protection. So WGALaw.com, that's a wonderful resource if you want to find more information or schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. And, you know, as we're approaching the end of the year here, it's it's never too late to do some planning and to make sure that everything's in order. Well, ab- absolutely. I've, I've got some news that will come as a surprise to most people. Okay. And that is that, um, and, and I suspect that um, it's related to uh, some of the provisions of the Affordable Care Act, but uh, 
Medicare Advantage premiums next year, 2020, <coughs> are actually going to go down wow. instead of up. In fact, um, it's expected that Medicare premiums will drop about 14% for Medicare Advantage plans next year. That's wonderful, wonderful news because we've been getting eaten up every year with huge increases in medical insurance costs. <coughs> Excuse me. And actually, um, so the typical Medicare Advantage plan will drop from $27 a month down to about $23 a month, which is a pretty significant savings. Um, and to me, that's that's a huge drop because obviously inflation is still where it's been for the last few years. So to have a drop is, is good news for us. Uh, now, <coughs> can we expect that to happen again and again? Of course not. And so let's let's talk a few minutes about uh, planning, particularly for those folks who are retired. Because I get more and more questions about, am I going to run out of money? And the, at least from my own perspective, the, the worst kind of planning that you can do is to presume that you will die early. You know, that, that is a recipe for disaster because even though there will be some of us who don't make it to uh, our expected or our, enjoy our full life expectancy, the majority of us will live longer than our life expectancy, and, and we're living longer and longer. Uh, you know, medical care is better. Um, we're, we know more about how to age better to live longer and you know as we've talked about earlier part of that's eat right uh, exercise snooze <laughs> uh and the like but the the trick the the bottom line is is that we can live a healthier longer life uh and so in essence we are planning particularly our financial planning needs to be based upon a longer life expectancy and not a shorter one. That's one of the reasons I talk a lot about Social Security elections and making uh, – and, of course, everything about your Social Security election has to do with your life expectations. And, of course, it's very different from somebody who turns 65 and they're in good health versus someone who is – uh, early 60s, and they've already learned that they're in bad health. They've got some real serious uh, medical situations to deal with. Well, it's those issues that help us determine what kind of Social Security election to make. And, and I, I can tell you right now, it is one of the most serious mistakes that seniors make in terms of their Social Security election. This is an area where uh, you don't go to the Social Security for your advice. They don't have enough time to really determine your personal situation to give you good, thoughtful advice. You need to go to an advisor as it relates to that. And, and in fact, I, I refer so many folks to a fellow down in Ashburn. His name's Warren Coble. 
for that very thing, to, de- to help you determine uh, that mistake, because I don't want people to make mistakes, because that's a huge financial mistake, and a lot of folks don't seek advice until they've already made the election, and it's go, oops, can we take it back? Um, so, you know, that's one of those things when you're e- either approaching retirement or approaching an age where you can qualify for Social Security. Don't let folks talk you into taking Social Security early. Get the right advice from the right advisor uh, who can help you determine how to maximize your Social Security rather than take the least amount that you might otherwise get. One of the weird things that a lot of folks don't realize is that the folks who have a nice retirement account, if they're in good health, they tend to be far better off financially by living out of their retirement account and delaying their Social Security election. You know, for those younger people uh, who have a full retirement age of 67, they only have to live into their late 70s to fully gain back everything by delaying their election uh, to age 70 rather than taking uh, a full retirement age Social Security. Big dollars involved in terms of what people would get or not get depending on what their elections are. So what I'm getting at, again, is unless you have pretty good evidence that you're going to have short life expectancy, you should plan on longevity. Now, that doesn't mean to uh, live low if if you can afford not to. I mean, I also believe in living every day as though there is no tomorrow. That's an important thing, too, to give thanks for each day, to appreciate the people that we love, our friends, our family. Uh, and of course, that's something that Thanksgiving is all about. But it, it's the, we only get there if we can actually appreciate the fact that we have the hours today to give ourselves, to give our families, to make a difference and the like. And it's so important for us to focus on what we can do today as though there's no tomorrow. And it, that's not necessarily a financial uh, thing. It's a, ba- it's a matter of a way to live, uh, to, to look at the positive side of life, not the, not the negatives, and, and to find things that we're passionate about and to, and to make a difference for ourselves and our families and our friends and, and our communities at large. Like with so many other things in life, it's a bit of a balancing act, and finding that balance is so key. And a lot of that, again, comes down to planning and making sure that you know what you want out of your life and having that comfortability and knowing that you're okay. And if if you need help setting up an asset protection plan, again, head on over to WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.
News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Jason Kong here reminding you to head over to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com. There you can register for the free December seminars. You can also call the office if you would like to register for free. It's 919-256-7000. We're out of time for today. Bill, if you have any leftover pie for me next weekend, uh, I won't I won't turn it away, okay? <laughs> If it happens to show up here in the well, studio next have, Saturday. I do have that pecan pie recipe that's a dynamite. Oh, okay. Well, I may have to steal that from you, Bill. But oh, we hope you'll join us again next Saturday morning at 11. It's Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a wonderful weekend.